Hello, this is Melissa Hale-Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, here with co-publisher Marcello Yaya. And our front page story, oddly, is something we haven't seen in any other media. Elections are usually well covered, but this is, <laughs> this is a trend that was quite exciting. And um, the Helderberg Hilltowns, where... Democrats far outnumber in every town two to one Republicans, and in some towns a much higher ratio than that. The Republicans had a great election. It is um, similar, I think, to two years ago when Donald Trump was elected president in the Hilltowns. Party lines ceased to matter. Um, Democrats, as last time election before, voted for Obama following the Democratic Party line, but they upended their enrollment and voted across lines in Bern, where um, long-term supervisor Crozier appears to have um, been ousted by Sean Lyons and two board members as well in Knox across the board. Um, every single post from judge to clerk as well as town board seats all went to Republican candidates, not necessarily enrolled Republicans, but running under the Republican banner. In Westerlo, too, um, there was a long-term Democratic councilman who was ousted by a Republican making his first run. And in Rensselaerville, um, the Republicans <laughs> took the council seats and also the assessor's post, which was contested four ways for two in each of those races. The editorial this week features another beautiful piece of art by Carol Coogan. You should look at it online in color. It's stunning. You can see the many different kinds of trees she has growing across the United States and the many different religious symbols. And the roots go through the country and form a heart at the bottom. The editorial is focused on Kristallnacht, which is today. Um, that was the start of the Holocaust, the night of broken glass. And Hetty McKinley, who is now 97 years old, was an only child then, living with her parents in Vienna, Austria, a Jewish family, and recalls that night vividly, being thrust out into the cold without even their winter coats. She will be at a ceremony next Tuesday, lighting a candle. It's an interfaith commemorative ceremony in its 25th year, organized by Shelley Shapiro, who is part of the Friends, the Survivors and Friends Education, Holocaust Survivors and Friends Education Center, and there'll be many representatives of different faiths there. Um, letters, not so many this week, with elections going on. So there we have Shelley, Sherry Haluska complaining about negative vibes in Gilderland elections. A letter from a lobbyist for the sugar reform that we take a great look at inside. And George Pratt writing um, about Veterans Day. He's a World War II veteran. For a hundred years, Democrats and Republicans have sat down together for an election supper in the Knox Reformed Church, and they did it again this year, waiting in the pews, food being made by Cindy Quay, and here being served by one of the old men of the mountain, Jack Norrie. The Altamont Free Library is honoring two stellar women this year, Sally Daig 
and Mary Jo Doherty, who have done countless good works, not just for the library, but the community at large. And this is their fundraising gala. We urge you, if you're interested, to get a ticket before they're sold out. Um, the Caregiver's Corner this week is on planning a meaningful retirement. The Old Men in the Mountain um, met on Halloween, All Saints Day. This is John R. Williams right? And he wondered where the saints were. A new program, people that have cell phones to discard can take them locally to the Gilderland or Altamont Libraries as well as other venues listed here. And AT&T will put free minutes on them for service members to call home. Adopt a Child for Christmas is the annual program at the Hilltown Community Resource Center. And it's a very, very worthwhile one. Another Christmas initiative in its ninth year from the teaching assistants in Gilderland, if you have toys to donate. And yet another Christmas thing on the horizon, a teddy bear tea with Mrs. Claus, an annual event at the new Salem Firehouse. A letter from Will Aubrey describing the wonders of hawk watching. And it really does sound thrilling the way he writes of it. This page is in response both to a letter last week, uh, someone opposed to transgender or all gender bathrooms, and an editorial that ran along with it. Um, Donna Baker urges compassion. The original letter writer, Jacqueline Halleck, is um, upset with our newspaper for having a differing view. And a very thought-provoking letter from a conservative who lives in Gilderland about how symbols are used and how we should all be tolerant of each other. And we're into our election coverage now, which in Gilderland there were no surprises. Incumbent Peter Barber, a Democrat, was re-elected handily, as were his board members. Here's Paul Pastore. Looking at results, same was true of Patricia Slavic, easily reelected. The Republicans um, had a full board slate, um, and this is Michelle Coons taking in results um, election night. And the town clerk was unchallenged. Jean Cataldo talking with the town's grant writer, Donald Sapos. In New Scotland, uh, the top vote-getter in a contested board race was Daniel Lining. He's here looking at results with his wife and board member Hennessy. And Adam Greenberg kept his seat. Here he's being congratulated by his opponent, Republican Craig Schufelt. Turning the page, we see Victoria Plotsky had a... Uh, a substantial victory for the 38th district, which is most all of New Scotland and a chunk of Bethlehem, making her first run against farmer Timothy Stanton, who says he likes to give people a choice and will probably run again. In Rensselaerville, um, Marion Cook, a conservative on the Republican line, was the top vote-getter. She thought her experience stood her in good stead. A brand-newcomer to politics, Jason Roth, um, won a seat on the board. He's a Republican. And we had an uncontested race for supervisor. The interesting thing was, well, Steve Flanking did get the seat. Over 40% of the vote went to Mr. Bowdish, who was accidentally on the ballot. In Knox, we had a clean sweep. And here is Vasilios Lefkadidis, who didn't go to town hall, but 
H. Rose Schneider caught his family having the chicken dinner we talked of earlier. The clerk, Tara Murphy, doing her work even as she is losing. And the GOP chair and highway supervisor, superintendent, looking pleased. That's Gary Salisbury. In Westerlow, as we mentioned, Mr. Filkins ousted Mr. Bickman, and Mr. Boone was the top vote getter. The, <laughs> the people staffing the election uh, town hall voting place, um, big smile from Peg Crawford, said the turnout was good in Westerlow. And Vern, the last of our election stories. This looks like the lineup here <laughs> for the town board, although the incumbent supervisor, uh, Mr. Crozier, points out the ballots are still yet to be counted, the absentee ballots, and it could change the results. But for now, Randy Bashwinger, no doubt about it, still the highway superintendent. He's also the GOP chair and recruited a lot of the people who caused this surge in the Republican Party. This is Sean Lyons. He is set to be, if the votes bear him out, to be the new supervisor of Byrne. And these two at council members, Mr. Brady and Mr. Palo, all on the Republican line. Good news at Byrne Knox Westerlow. The bond issue, $20 million for upgrades at the elementary school and increases in technology at the high school, passed easily. And in Gilderland, Elizabeth Floyd Mayer has written about a new program that's similar to the one in Schenectady. The new Chamber of Commerce president, Michelle Viola Strait, was inspired by this Schenectady program to bring veterans' banners to polls in Gilderland. More Gilderland news here. A Cumberland Farms is coming to the corner of 146 and 20. We had a lot of traffic on our website worried about the traffic. This is the old bank that would be torn down for that project. Last Friday morning early, there was a chain reaction where a school bus was hit. Just one student was aboard and uninjured. Seven candidates applied for a seat made vacant when Mr. McManus, Christopher McManus, recently stepped down from the school board. They were interviewed in public, and um, the board will decide next Tuesday. Plenty of senior events going on in Gilderland. A fascinating story by Sean Mulcairin, inspired by the letter to the editor from the lobbyist for the sugar industry. Turns out Americans eat 69 pounds of sugar per year on average, which is up from 4 or 5 pounds in the past. And what is looking at here is not just the response to the letter, but a look about how this letter was used across the country and how the beet farmers... The sugar beet farmers feel about the U.S. program as well as how the bakers feel, keeping the sugar prices high. Here we have another story by Elizabeth. Gilderland has gotten a grant, $2.75 million, to help with some of the flooding in McCownville. It won't directly affect this. That's a much bigger project. But homes will have pipes that will lead the flood water away from this central place in front of Stuyvesant Plaza and into the Norman Skill, which should help with that. Also in Gilderland, the Industrial Development Agency has given an assisted living facility plan, its first ever payment in lieu of taxes agreement. 
and also granted $32 million in tax savings. This will give um, Medicaid beds to elderly people in Gilderland where the old Best Western is now located. The usual arrests in blotters and also a story by Rose about Edward Reese in Knox who the police received a call. He seemed suicidal. They tracked him down at a hotel and talked him out and discovered a large cache of weapons and explosives in his home. In Bethlehem, Brenda Hill, police say, was driving drunk, and it was not her first. It was her fifth offense for DWI, and she's been sentenced to one year in county jail. A fascinating two pages here in beautiful color of a book, Most Wonderful in the Smallest, which is a phrase from the 1800s by the artist who drew this, H.C. Richter, and it was taken as the title by this Rensselaerville resident, Linda Hernick, who goes into ponds near her home and even roadside ditches to pull up drops of water that contain these wondrous tiny bits of life. And she's put together a book, a kind of guide that she hopes will spread the wonder and get other people interested in these tiny, tiny organisms. This is a man, Robert Lauchs, who has been on a ladder when it slipped out from under him and invented a stabilizer. He's excited, thinking he will patent it and manufacture it, but we did a little research on the company he's working with and have a few doubts. He's unfazed and he expects to go forward. This is a man we've written about before, Thomas Smith, who was a Marine on Iwo Jima in World War II, and he's now written his memoirs about it, and he will be having a book signing and a talk at the book house in Stuyvesant Plaza. And I'm trying to see the date. It is coming up soon. Marcello's pointing it out to me. <laughs> I think it's this weekend. You can look at our paper and find it. Um, a great story by Sean looking at New York State's role in World War I. And one in ten soldiers, it turns out, was from New York. But Sean, being Sean, looks at, he interviewed the author of a book that is also an exhibit now at the State Museum, um, a Spirit of Sacrifice, New York State in the First World War. And talking to Aaron Noble, he looked at the economics behind the war effort, at the fact of being an immigrant population, large number of immigrants in New York, and how they, the doubts about them melding together into a single army, and what happened after the war, too. Fascinating. Student News, we're delighted to have a correspondent from Bern Knox Westerlo, who is a student member of the newly formed chapter of Future Farmers of America, Brianna Large, and she'll be writing us periodically about her club's activities. We also have pictures about an upcoming musical being done at Voorheesville uh, by the middle school students, and Michael Koch has captured the heroine and hero of Guys and Dolls, the hot box dancers, and a nightclub performer with a gambler. 
Lots of fun. Lots of other things going on on our calendar page. And in the libraries, as always, many, many activities. We have some more wonderful pictures by Kristen Roberts, who at the Bethlehem Library had a trick-or-treat session for little kids. And um, many other activities are detailed here. We have pages of legal advertising coming out the other side. We have an obituary for Merlin Tulls who um, was in 4-H as a child and, and award, won awards at the Altamont Fair, something that was remembered all these years later. Um, Gilderville makes a splash and has quite a contingent that will be going on to state competition, both in diving as well as swimming. The Voorheesville volleyball team became section champions, and you can see their excitement there. And it was a hard, hard fought. They had to come back from behind to pull it out. Then when they got to regionals, which is up in Messina, they coasted along to a victory and are now going to go to the semifinals as their next step. And on the back page, we have several outstanding runners who will be going to state competition. We have one from Burn Knox Westerlo. We have two from Voorheesville. So we wish them the best, and that closes our week.